Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. to episode seven of the nerd cave retro my name is jason robbins and i'm Derek diamond and it's been kind of a slow news week this week as far as retro news we only have one story but um we do have some pretty interesting uh this month in video game history that would might have a few roads we can go down with that one so uh but before we do that how, how was your week it's been uh, kind of an exhausting week. For those who don't listen to any of the other podcasts I do, um, I work for a minor league baseball team here in Pensacola, and we're wrapping up the season, but it ends with 10 home games in a row. And tonight we finished game seven of 10. So I've been working, you know, 13, 14 hour days since Monday. So if I sound a little exhausted, I apologize, <laughs> but. You know, working that long kind of gets to you after a while. Oh, yeah. I know exactly that feeling, man. That's that's a long stretch. Yeah, and we've got uh, the last regular season game is this Wednesday, and we've got a little bit of time before uh, playoffs start, which that's kind of a whole different thing. So I don't really count that as games to go. But it, it's been uh, it's been a very long but kind of a, a rewarding and fun season. So. Uh, but I am ready for a little bit of downtime, catch up and play more classic retro games. I'm sure. And speaking of that, last night, if anybody was watching our Twitter, I was playing some uh, Ninja Turtles, the arcade game, to get ready for my my review for next week's show. Yeah, we're going to be doing uh, two Ninja Turtle theme shows, which you know we'll we'll get to my game later on, but. I will say not just with the games, but I was a huge Ninja Turtles fan growing up. I remember seeing the original movie in theaters. It was the first movie I ever saw in a movie theater. It was in the old University Mall here in Pensacola. They had 
like a little mini theater that showed one, maybe two movies, mm-hmm. had one or two screens. And one of the ones that weekend was Ninja Turtles. And from there, I just fell in love with it. If I made a list of like my top fandoms, Ninja Turtles would be in my top five. Yeah, I'm a, the same with me. I'm a huge Ninja, Ninja Turtles fan. I was a gigantic fan of the cartoon when I was a kid and uh, collected all the toys. Um, went to the begged my parents to take me to the movies to see it, and I was just oh that was that was around the same time that Batman had come out in the theater. Also, I think it was a little bit after that. But man, mm-hmm. that was just like the big one-two punch of my two favorite things on the planet: Batman and Ninja Turtles. And it was kind of cool because the movie was more like the comic books. For those who mm-hmm. know Ninja Turtles solely for the cartoons, it's actually based off a comic book that was released in 1984. And it was very, very dark. Well, it, it was and, also a, a parody of um, the Daredevil. Mm-hmm. That is correct. And Very dark. Once it, yes, it was. And... For those who know the turtles for having, you know, like Leonardo has the blue bandana, Donatello has purple, they all had red bandanas, and the only way you would know who was who was by the weapons they used. Yeah. But then once the cartoon came out in 87, uh, they changed it up, made it a little bit lighter. I remember the first few episodes still had that little bit of an edge to them, Mm -hmm. but as the show progressed, it obviously got more kid-friendly. And then the movie kind of took it back to the darker roots a little bit. Yeah. Th- that movie is still, even though it was, you know, four guys and puppets, there was no CG. <laughs> that's still the best Ninja Turtles movie of all time. And I don't think it's even close. Oh, yeah. And those suits, those were so far ahead of their time. They, oh, yeah. As far as the animatronics goes, because that was the Henson workshop that made that uh, made those costumes, and that was a low-budget movie as well. Not a lot of people know that. That movie was made for almost nothing. And it had the most accurate depiction of all the characters, Yeah, in my and, opinion. You had Leonardo, the strong leader. Donatello was, you know, he was a little bit of the brainiac, but not to the extent that he was in the cartoons. Raphael was the darker character, and Michelangelo to quote the intro song was the party dude <laughs> actually i heard something really cool about that the intro um chuck lorry i don't know if you know that name he's the guy that made tv shows like the big bang theory and um oh god i can't even think right off the top of my head but if you look up chuck lorry on imdb you'll see like a laundry list of tv shows this guy's made he actually made the ninja turtles um theme song him and his really? band at the time, and they never got paid for it, and they had to sign away their rights and a contract. They have never, they've never gotten paid for it ever, and that's one wow. of the most iconic theme songs of all time. And yep. and the a funny part of that is the the lyrics were kind of makeshift and weren't meant to be um, the actual lyrics. They just needed to make something up on the spot. And it wasn't even the voices of the characters when they recorded this. They didn't even have the voice actors yet. So they had to kind of match the voice actors to the the voices in the, the, uh, the opening theme song. You can actually listen to this on, it was on an episode of The Nerdist a couple, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, it wasn't that far back. So if you want to go and catch that episode of The Nerdist, you should be able to find it really easily. And it's kind of crazy you say that, that it wasn't meant to be the final lyrics, but 
you can't picture it being anything else Mm -mm. because the lyrics just stick with you. You know, Leonardo leads, Donatello does machines, Raphael is cool but rude, and Michelangelo is a party dude. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny that I can recite that from memory, and I haven't watched that cartoon in years. But that just shows how it stuck with you. But, oh, for this I period love of time. me some Ninja Turtles, man. I, I actually have uh, pictures of my birthday cake from when I was like 11, I think. I had a mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles-themed cake. Dude, I was all about some Ninja Turtles around that time. It's funny. Here at my apartment, I have a, quite a few pictures that I've collected over the years from going to conventions. One of the first ones I bought was at a small convention here. Um, it's not Pensacon. It's a smaller version of it that's at the interstate fairgrounds. It used to be called Paracon. And it was my first convention I'd ever went to, and it was on my birthday. And as my gift to myself, I bought a portrait of all four of the Ninja Turtles, but they were all wearing the red bandanas. Oh, wow. And it was like number 100 of 500, or it might have been 100 of 200. Uh, It was at Wizard World a few years ago. I wanted so badly to buy um, an animation cell from the the Ninja Turtles cartoon back in the 80s. I had found an animation cell, and they wanted like a couple hundred dollars for it. Man, I wanted that thing so badly, and I just didn't have the money for it. So one of these days, when I'm rich, I'm going to buy the animation cell. I'm going to hunt it down, buy me some animation cells, and I'm going to buy some original artwork from uh, Eastman and Laird. To to interview either one of them is like a dream of mine. Oh, it would yeah, be awesome. If, you, if that happens, you have to let me sit in on it. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I'll say, oh, this is Jason, my producer. But actually, let's save the Ninja Turtle talk for the end. We'll talk more about it because I love talking me some Ninja Turtles. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into uh, the news for this week. Oh, that was the wrong one. Here we go. (laughs) Sorry, I'm still getting used to my soundboard where everything's at. So it's got some kinks to work out, but I'm getting it. I'm getting it. But, um, can I start week, calling you DJ J Rob? Yeah, you actually. You can do that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anybody that was a fan of the Genesis back in the day, you might recognize this name, Toe Jam and Earl. They're coming back. I actually remember this game. I think this is actually one of the few games that I, I have played from the Genesis over the years, and uh, I like the characters of it. And it looked like it was the kind of game that was right up my alley if it would have been put out on the SNES. Um, but actually, this is from RetroGamer.net. Uh, Human Nature Studios has signed up with Adult Swim Games as a funding partner, which means that ToeJam & Earl Back in the Groove will be coming to consoles as well as PC, which platforms that means has yet to be announced. But needless to say, this is exciting as all three previous games were console outings. To celebrate this announcement, there's a new trailer available in which Funkatron's most famous aliens rap about the things that they're enduring and their latest trip to Earth. Oh, this is awesome. I love that. I would, I, if, when this comes out on, uh, if it comes out on um, Steam, I would love to get a copy of this. I actually watched the trailer for this right before we started. And Toe Jam and Earl was one of those games that I knew of it, but I never played it. And watching the trailer, and because I've never really seen much from the old games, does it look similar 
to the old ones? Yeah, it does. There, there's actually a really good video of it um, that a um, Cinemassacre did for James and Mike Mondays. Um, they did. Uh, they played Toe Jam and Earl, and it's a really good video if you want to get kind of a feel of what that game is about. Yeah, because I would definitely be interested in it, because like I said, it was one of those games that I had heard of but didn't really know that much about. But the trailer looked kind of cool. And it said that I believe it's coming out in 2017. Uh, let me look at the exact date. Um, I don't remember seeing an exact date, but it said yeah. at the end, coming 2017. I would imagine it's probably going to be coming pretty early next year. I would say first quarter next year, probably. And I'm looking at the Wikipedia for Tojum and Earl right now, and it says the game was re-released for the Wii's virtual console in December 2006 and re-released again on PlayStation Network and Xbox Live Arcade in November of 2012. Really? So maybe this could be another Let's Play that I do That's at some point. I'll, awesome. I'll have to add that to the long list of games that I need to do Let's Plays of. Yeah, I'm going to have to look on the PlayStation Network and see if the if uh, if I can get this on the PlayStation 4 cuz I would love to have a copy of Toe Jam and Earl. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this will be once my uh, job kind of winds down a little bit and I have more free time, this will be another game that I'd love to play. Oh, and speaking of uh, some downtime, uh, next week we're going to be making a trip to the Mobile Fleet Market and we're definitely going to take some video and some audio while we're there. And um, we may put it up on the Nerd Cave uh, YouTube channel if we find something cool to talk about while we're there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, worst case scenario, we could do uh, a little uh, like fake infomercial for, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, for the flea market. That'd be fun. Yeah. No, I, I'm actually really excited about that trip because I haven't been to a flea market in a long time. And I'm really kind of getting the itch to get more SNES games because mm -hmm. I want to do more, you know, throwback Thursday Let's Plays and do different games because, like, I'm winding down on uh, Super Mario World and Link to the Past. Um, I'm about halfway through Banjo-Kazooie and really just now getting into Pikmin. So um, I, I take, you know, a few that I rotate through. And now that i am got to that I'm wrapping up, I need to find more to do. And I want to get some that are a little more off the wall and not just your, you know, mainstream favorites. Yeah, what we should do is we should have like a flea market outing like once every month or two. And we'll just pick up some random game because I've seen some games at uh, the flea market before that I'm just like, what the hell is this? Like something I've never even heard of before. So I think it would be interesting to like just buy some random game and we can review that. Oh, for sure. Because, I mean, we've got our long list of games that we want to review, of games that, you know, we've played before. But I think it'd be cool if we both did one that we've never played before, you know, that we missed out, like with you with the NES and me with the SNES. Mm -hmm. And just see how it is, you know, knowing that it came out back then, but just now playing it and kind of having that perspective on it. Well, we definitely have a long list of games to to review. I mean, between the two of us, the, the list that we have of the games we have, we have at least a year of uh, content to go through. So um, if there's any games out there that you want us to tackle, please let us know, and we'll do our best to either try to find it if we don't have it, or we'll find some way to emulate it and um, review it at at some point, if anybody out there has any suggestions for us of what they want us to review. 
Absolutely. But shall we get into this month in video game history? Let's do it. In August of 1991, the Super Nintendo Entertainment System was released in North America. It was released with Super Mario World. And also on August 19th, uh, according to Wikipedia, which I think they got these dates backwards because it says the 19th, they released Super Mario World and F-Zero along with the Super Nintendo. But then it says August 23rd, Super Nintendo was released. So I think they got those backwards. Either that or they're supposed to be the same day. Yeah, I think they're supposed to be the same day, too. The 23rd sounds right to me because I want to say very recently I saw someone post on Facebook. Yeah. I oh, today too. is the 25 year anniversary of the Super Nintendo. Yeah. I didn't get mine until uh, Christmas of that year, so I don't remember the exact date that it came out. Luckily, with, with this situation, my birthday was in August, so I got it as like <laughs> a late birthday present. Fantastic. And also in 1992, on August 27th, Super Mario Kart, the original, was released for the Super Nintendo. It spawned the mascot go-kart subgenre of racing games, which I don't think there are many other ones, are there? There was a Crash Bandicoot one for the PlayStation That's called right. Crash Team Racing. I forgot all about that. Mm-hmm. Actually, very underrated racing game. Like it, It's very Mario Kart-like. But it's different enough to where I wouldn't call it a knockoff. Like, it's actually very enjoyable. Uh, let's see. There was Diddy Kong Racing for the N64. I want to say Sega recently did, like, a Sega All-Stars racing game for the 360. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think if there have been any other ones. I can't think of any off the top of my head. I'd have to look that up. I really don't think there have been, but because there really aren't it, any mascots anymore. Ever since, to be honest, I, I, I mean, Master Chief was kind of the last one that really comes to mind, and that was fifteen years ago. I mean, with PlayStation, it looked like it was going to be Crash Bandicoot, but he hasn't had a game in so long. Which I'm sure you heard about this, but this was announced way back at E3 they are remastering the first three Crash Bandicoot games to be released on the PlayStation. I think they're doing that as kind of a feeler to see, oh, are people still interested in Crash Bandicoot? Mm, I don't and if, think so. And if the remaster sells well, which I want it to, because I do really like the Crash Bandicoot games, I think they're doing that to see if there is interest in possibly making a new one. I just don't know if mascots can really sell systems these days. No, I, I do agree with that. I think the only real mascot left is Mario, and that's just because he's had the longevity. Yeah. Like, he was the original mascot, so people are going to look at him as the original, and that's automatically going to give him a type of staying power. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't no, think... Because games aren't... Not that... Well... I want to say games were meant for kids around the time of Nintendo, and they were, but they still hold up as adult entertainment. But these days, you've got Call of Duty and stuff like that, you know, but like Forza and, and Need for Speed, those type of games. A lot of gamers are older, so they don't go in for the whole mascot type of thing, not like little kids do, because that seems like a, a young kid type of thing. 
Yeah, and I think the reason why those older games still hold up is because people who play games now that play like the Call of Duties, the Forzas, the Halos, the Destinies, they grew up playing the games that we're reviewing. They just also moved on to other games as well, but they still love the classics. And I mean, you know, we've said it before with us. It's not that we don't dislike current games. It's just we like the retro ones better. Yeah, it's just games have gotten to the point where, you know, I miss just straight up side scrolling 2D brawlers or, you know, adventure games, stuff like that. Something I can really get into, like Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. I've been playing the hell out of it the past couple of weeks because it's just you get immersed in it and looking for, you know, all the little things you got to get and the and the puzzles and the the mysteries you got to solve. And then I'll go from that to Final Fight where it's just a brainless side scrolling beat 'em up. And I just I that's the type of gaming that I love and this they just they don't do it anymore. And I tell you what, the the thing that got me back into retro gaming was um, Broforce. Have you ever heard of a game called Broforce? I remember you telling me about it. I want to say I was either on Pop Culture Palette or it was when you and Wally did the interview for my show. You were telling telling me about it. But it was free on PlayStation uh, a couple of months back, and I picked it up, and it is... I'd say it's hard to describe. It's just a a side-scroller... Um, it's almost like Super Meat Boy, if anybody's ever played that. Um, mm-hmm. It's basically all of your action stars from the 80s and 90s, from Conan to uh, John McClane to the Terminator. And you can go through all these you know, action heroes, and they all have their own little power-ups and special you know, moves and stuff like that. And you just go through these really hardcore 2D levels, and it made me fall in love with retro gaming again. And that's when I said I'm going to pull out the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo, because this is the type of game that I love to play. Kick-ass soundtrack while you're just going through beating ass. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So I do have a question about Broforce. Is there any voice acting? Uh, no, I don't think there's any. It's all kind of the the cutscenes are all kind of cartoony, and um, they don't really. I don't, if I remember correctly, they, it's all like um, uh, thought like talk bubbles, and um, mm-hmm. they do have some voice stuff in there, but it's all like grunting. 
<laughs> if it, that makes any sense. Because I was hoping that John McClane would say yippee ki No, well, it's not necessarily <laughs> the characters, so they can't use their catchphrases, but it's kind of like their catchphrases. It's like a little bit off, but you know who they're talking about. Yeah. No, I, I was I was just joking, but no, that, that game does sound pretty fun. It's really fun. If you ever get a chance to play it, I'd highly recommend it. It only takes about maybe four or five hours to go through the whole thing because it is a lot of levels and luckily you can save as you go which was one thing that kills me with this retro gaming is man they were stingy with the saves back then oh yeah uh thank god for save points (laughs) but speaking of playing some retro games you ready to talk about your game for this week let's do it here we go Man, how can you not love that old school video game, chiptune, just awesome music? I was hoping that would be the song you picked. Yes. I'm not going to lie. I listened to the soundtrack (laughs) yesterday and I listened to that and I'm like, God, I hope this is the song Jason picks for the show. Oh, I couldn't pass it up, man. That's (laughs) it. Man, when I was uh, editing it and I was pulling that that soundtrack um, off of YouTube, I was just like, man, this stuff rocks. Oh, it's so good. But the game that I'll be reviewing this week, kind of backtracking to the Ninja Turtles, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. This game was released by Konami. This was a sequel to the original Ninja Turtles arcade game, which is one of the most iconic games of all time. This was released in August of 1992 in North America, for the Super Nintendo. It was a side-scrolling beat-em-up game, which kind of fits into what we were talking about a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, It plays very similar to the arcade game, but the reason why I like this game more is because it builds on what made the arcade so great. There's a time travel aspect to it. To read the plot from Wikipedia, the introductory cutscene of the game details the game's plot. It begins with the Turtles watching a TV newscast with April O'Neil reporting from Liberty Island. Suddenly, Crane flies in using a giant exosuit and steals the Statue of Liberty, moments before Shredder hijacks the airwaves to laugh at the Turtles. They jump into action in downtown New York and pursue the foot to the streets and the city sewers, and then uh, to the Technodrome in the Super Nintendo version, where Shredder sends them through a time warp. The Turtles must fight Shredder's army in both the past and the future in order to get home. Then they face Shredder until he falls to his death and the Statue of Liberty is returned to its place. So the time travel aspect, it gives like a variety of the levels and you fight everybody who is in the cartoon. You fight uh, the fly version of Baxter Stockman. You fight Bebop and Rocksteady, uh, Mecha Turtle, Leatherhead, uh, Toka and Razor, uh, all of them. And being such a huge fan of the cartoon at that time... This was like the perfect game for me when I was going through my huge Ninja Turtles phase. And anyone who has not played this game, absolutely get it. I know it's one of the harder games to find for the Super Nintendo. This is like top three of what I want to add to my collection. 
And I do know it's available for the uh, Xbox 360 on the Xbox Live Arcade. I don't know if it's available uh, for PS4 and Xbox One, but there's enough good things about it because the gameplay, it was just your simple side-scroller kick-ass game like we were talking about earlier. The soundtrack is so good. Like, I'll actually, you know, thinking about it, I remember kind of, you know, doing a little bit of head-bobbing while I'm going through the levels just because the music's so catchy and listening to it again the other day, it's just so good. And I love retro gaming soundtracks because it has those songs that just stick with you. And that's something to me that new games don't have is that iconic sound. Yeah. But this game definitely has it. So um, I would put this, it's easily in my top 10 favorite SNES games of all time. And Easily my all-time favorite Ninja Turtle game. The original arcade was great, but this game built upon that and, to me, made it even better. So was this one a lot like um, <clears throat> Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game? Because um, for the actual NES version that came out, they actually added levels on the Nintendo version from the arcade version. Was there any extra levels on this one for the SNES version from the arcade? Yes, um, there was actually, early in the game, there's an exclusive level where you go onto the Technodrome and you briefly fight Shredder before he sends you back in time. Okay. So there, there's a little bit of exclusivity to the SNES. Like, I'm listening, uh, I'm, I'm not listening, but looking at the, the different versions. Let's see, much like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 for the NES, which was a conversion of the first arcade game, the SNES version of Turtles in Time is not a direct port of the arcade original. It had noticeable differences in presentation. Uh, it gave each turtle a unique skin tone, which they've done in the more modern cartoons. Yeah. If I remember right, uh, Leonardo and Donatello look a little bit lighter, like yeah. a lighter green, and Raphael and Michelangelo are more like a darker green. Well, it says uh, sounds also differed between the arcade and the SNES versions. The SNES version is missing certain voice samples for both the Turtles and Boss characters. Uh, in addition, the arcade version's title theme song, Pizza Power, was replaced with an instrumental version of the cartoon theme song. Um, several enemies were changed in the SNES version. Five new bosses were added. Slash, who replaced Cement Man, the Rat King... Battle Tank Shredder mm -hmm. and the duo of Bebop and Rock, Rocksteady who replaced Taka and Razor who were moved to the Technodrome level. Um, yes. The game also replaces the final boss with Super Shredder um, from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 The Secret of the Ooze that the movie um, who previously appeared in the Manhattan Project for the SNES. Now that was the game I've never played. I've played this one for the SNES. I actually rented this one a few times, but I've never played the Manhattan Project. I haven't either. Hmm. That might be something to add to. Yeah, I want to take a look at that and see. Because, um, I mean, I had heard of it, but I never played it. Yeah, but this game, you know, I haven't played this game in a long, long time. I don't think I've even played an emulator version of it or, you know, a newer uh, console download of it. I have not played this game since I played it on my original Super Nintendo. Yeah. And that's why I want to, to find it and play it again, because it's just so fun. And like playing it with a group of people, because I'm sure you remember the old arcade game 
playing it, if you could get three other people and you could each control a turtle. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. It's actually funny. Uh, a couple of years ago, um, like maybe three years ago, um, my wife and I had gone to the uh, the local skating rink. Um, and they had the the original uh, arcade game console in the the arc- arcade area, and it was still working, and it still looked great. And man, I played the hell out of it that day. That's fantastic. Of course, you know, oh, so nobody was playing it but me because none. Of, and actually, after I played that, I went and played um, uh, Mrs. Pac Man. And there were mm-hmm. these little kids there, and they came up around the machine because I guess they'd never seen anybody play this game before because it's so old. And they're like, you know, like just enamored with this game. The Mrs. Pac-Man, they're like, what do you do? Like asking me questions about it and like, you know, how old I was and had I ever played it before? Just all, you know, the kind of questions that kids ask. And next thing you know, I've got like this crowd of little kids around me watching me play Mrs. Pac-Man. Wow. That was a fun day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I totally know what you mean because, you know, I have cousins who are quite a few years younger than me, and I'll explain games like this to them, and they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, wait, you weren't born yet when yeah. this came out. So well, these, it, it's, it makes me feel old. Well, these Ninja Turtle games, I mean, these were the type of games, especially the arcade game when it first came out. That That was the game, you know, that, I begged my parents to take me to the arcade and the mall. Like every time my parents were leaving the house, I'm like, are you going to the mall? You going to the mall? Cause I, I just, you know, wanted to play the game so badly. And then you get to the arcade and didn't matter what time of the day it was. It had a crowd of people around it. Yeah. I remember going to, um, well, I, I lived, you know, in a small town growing up. So the closest quote unquote big city town was Pensacola. And I remember having my birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese and going to my, you know, my own party and going to other kids' parties. That was the first thing I would always want to do is go straight to the Ninja Turtles arcade game. <laughs> and I would just play it and play it and play it. Yep. Well, uh, it does say on here uh, the SNES version was praised for its additional stages and gameplay modes. Like the arcade version, the SNES game has been lauded for its visuals, which replicate the cartoon's art style. The game's music Mm -hmm. and sound effects have also been praised. However, the game has been criticized for its repetitive gameplay and short length. That is a little bit of what I was going to bring up next week for the arcade game uh, on the, the NES it 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 is definitely a game that needs to have another player to give it the full experience cuz playing it as as you know a single player it does tend to get quite repetitive because there's not a whole selection of different gameplay or enemies and stuff like that it's kind of a lot of the same through the whole thing but I, I totally agree with that, and like you said, it really takes having an extra person to get the full experience. Because if you're playing it by yourself, it's you know you go through the level, you beat it, then you go through the level and beat it. And mm. you know, I was saying earlier, I liked its variety. When I meant variety, I meant like different theme to it. Like say, when you would travel in time, you would be in the prehistoric era, and then you would be in a different era. So like the gameplay is the same. But you're also in different environments, too. Yeah. 
Well, see, that's cool. And and that's what really sets that one apart. You know, Turtles in Time sets us apart from the original arcade game because the original arcade game is it's it doesn't really give you much variety as far as levels. It's just you're constantly going through streets or, um, you know, warehouses and, and that type of environments. Yeah, for sure. Um, kind of going off of the game a little bit, back to just the generic Turtles discussion, I don't think I've actually asked you this. Who is your favorite turtle and why? Uh, it was always Michelangelo when I was a kid because, you know, he was kind of the the most accessible one when you're a kid mm-hmm. because of his personalities and, you know, he's the surfer dude. But as you get older, I, I really kind of identify more with Raphael. Yeah, with me, it's uh, when I was younger, it was always Donatello because he was always the tech guy. And I liked, you know, building things like with Legos and various things like that. And I always related to it because I was always like a tech, a techie yeah. in a way. And then like you, as I've gotten older, I've identified more with Raphael. So those two would still be my favorite. Like if I had to rank them right now, it would be Raphael 1 Donatello two, then probably then probably Michelangelo and then Leonardo. And I don't dislike any of them. It's just Michelangelo was always the funny one. Yeah. <laughs> and Leonardo was the glue that held them all together. Yeah, I think that's pretty what pretty much would be my ranking too. But as far as who I pick every time when I play uh, a Ninja Turtles game, Leonardo is always the one that I go to first. To play, well, he's the most balanced one. Yeah, but yeah, if you're I would really be either Leonardo for, or Donatello. Yeah, if you're really looking for power, you're you're going with Donatello. He has the slowest attacks, but they're also the most powerful. Yeah, I would never pick Raphael just because you would have to do a lot of close range <laughs> combat, yeah. and I would die every single time I yeah. tried that. So, especially with the very first Nintendo game, the Ninja Turtles uh, NES game, the original. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that would be another good one to talk about too, because I remember uh, playing that. Um, I, I think I mentioned last week or the week before how my old dentist office had an arcade machine. Well, they also had an SNES and an NES, and one of the games they had was the original Ninja Turtles NES game, and I was terrible with Raphael and Michelangelo because you had to be so close to the enemies to actually hit them. Yeah. Well, I definitely want to um, review that game. I don't want to do it within this block. I'll save it for a couple of weeks before I go back to it. Um, because it is a game that I'm very torn on. There are times when I really like it, and there are times when I really hate it. There's a lot wrong with that game, but there's a lot to like there, too. And I think people give it a bad rap because it... It is probably one of the hardest Nintendo games there is, but I think the reason it gets that th- that label is because of that stupid underwater level. If they would have just gotten oh, rid God. of that stupid level, it would have been a much more balanced and fun game because everybody I knew could never get past that underwater disarming the bomb part. Nobody. That level was terrible. It was awful. It that's what broke the game was that level for everybody. You couldn't get past it. No, 
It was awful. No, I, I and I never. I don't think I ever got past it. I never did. I, I don't remember. I'm, I don't remember ever getting past it. Anyway, I think I may have gotten past it one time, but I didn't get much further than that because by the time you get through that, you got nothing left. <laughs> and there, you know, yeah. and there, that game's pretty unforgiving as far as uh, you know continues. Yeah. No, but, you're totally right. Yeah, well, we'll cover that in a few weeks. But coming up next week, I will be covering Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game for the NES. Is there anything else you wanted to cover tonight before we get it, before we get out of here? No, I don't think so. I mean, it was a lot of fun talking Ninja Turtles. I haven't really talked it to you know this extent in a long time, and we get to do it again next week. Oh, yeah, we still got another uh, 30, 40 minutes to talk about it next week, too. Hey, bring it on. Awesome. Well, um, I guess we'll go ahead and get out of here tonight. So if you want to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. You can get a hold of us on Twitter at nerdcaveretro, at jfunktastic, and at Derek underscore diamond. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. And also... Let us know what you want us to cover. Uh, any news stories, if there's any games you'd like us to cover, please get a hold of us. Any one of those places, you can get a hold of us very easily. So, Derek, go ahead and take us out. Heroes in a half shell, turtle, turtle power. power. You've been listening to a Nerd Cave Network production. 